0: I think, especially when you're trained as a stage actor, primarily you have this misconception that for TV, you have to be really, really small. And it is different in terms of how you project or how, you know, understanding how the camera is going to pick up certain things, but you can still make really big choices.
1: Welcome back to the first official episode of season two of Dear Actor Podcast, the podcast in which film industry professionals share their stories, successes, mistakes, and advice they would have told themselves. I am so excited about this season, and I cannot wait for you to meet our first guest. She's an actress and singer-songwriter originally from Utah, but she can now be found on Broadway in Jagged Little Pill. She can also be seen in Law & Order SVU, Jessica Jones, and more. She has some really fun stories. Stories and great insight on both the theater and film industry. Please welcome Jane Bruce. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) Yes, me too. Thanks for having me. Of
1: course. So, how has it been for you as an actor during COVID?
0: I feel like I, I I think similar to most people, it's been kind of a whirlwind of a lot of emotions and a lot of ups and downs and. I think it didn't, the first six months, I don't think it really hit me. Um, and I think part of that is because I was home and I was just kind of enjoying the surprise family time and the time to kind of be in nature and slow down. Um, and every time there was an extension about Broadway, you know, being extended another few months, whatever, it it tended to hit me like three weeks after the announcement and then I would be filled with like despair. <laughs> and then, um, Yeah, I I came back to the city from Utah in the fall and, you know, it's been a wild ride, but uh, I feel grateful to be healthy and to have all my loved ones healthy and happy and I'm doing okay. If you would have asked me, you know, at any other various point in the year, my answer would have been different, but currently I'm doing all right. It was a long answer to a short. No, question. no,
1: it's it's great. <laughs> so you were on Broadway when it got shut down, right? Yeah, oh yeah. My gosh. I had made
0: my debut at Long Last only, only to be pandemic paused. Oh,
1: what was it like, like in those last few days? And I don't want to bring you back there, but I'm curious.
0: Oh, it's fine. I mean, I'm very much an open book, and um, it was so bizarre. I think all of us were we could like feel it in the air, you know, that something kind of weird and big and hard to even fathom was starting to happen. And I I think we were also naive. We were like, Oh my gosh, like we'll get a couple of weeks to reset our bodies, you know? And I remember the person who I think was probably the most realistic was Catherine Gallagher. She just was like, Nope, we are going down. (laughs) We're going down for a while. And I was like, no, it's going to be a month. Like it's going to be fine. Obviously I don't think any of us could have fathomed it would be this long, but yeah, it was wild. And, you know, right after we did close down, you know a good handful of people in the cast ended up testing positive and fortunately all were okay and had mild cases, but I, I have no idea how I didn't catch it. I was in such close proximity to so many people who did and um, just really weird, weird times.
1: Very weird times. I'd love to hear about why you became an actor and how that journey went for you.
0: Yeah, I I grew up in Utah and I love Utah for a lot of reasons, but it was definitely kind of a peculiar place to grow up um, because my family was not Mormon. And so I was always a little bit of an outsider. Um, And I found theater. Theater called to me when I was in like fifth grade we did this ridiculous opera that we wrote with our choir teacher um, and like bless that choir teacher. She must've had just like patience of a goddess who knows, but um, I just like desperately wanted to be the lead and I was just crazy about it and kind of got addicted then and, and started auditioning for community theater and doing everything I could. I think my first like, real show was a youth production of Alice in Wonderland that had already been cast. So like I jumped in once most of the parts were already assigned, and I got to play the dodo bird and a door. And I was the fiercest door you've ever seen. (laughs) I was just like, I ate it up. Um, And I never really kind of thought about doing anything else. I was pretty, pretty focused from that point. And um, I went to this amazing summer camp called the Broadway Theater Project, which now has sort of become the Performing Arts Project. They might still be separate, but I think the teachers and faculty that I felt most connected with kind of created the Performing Arts Project. Um, And it kind of opened my eyes to this whole world of all these amazing college programs and schools and um, people from all over the country that were just as passionate about it as I was. Um, Yeah, and I kind of never looked back. What made you decide to move to New York? I think that was in the same kind of package of it was a group swoop of like, I'm gonna be an actor, I'm gonna go to New York. Like, boom, game over. Yeah, I kind of never really thought about going anywhere else. And when I did finally move here after going to school in Michigan, I was like, oh, I should have visited more often. <laughs> like I um yeah, I, I definitely wasn't completely prepared for like how much of a shift of energies and speeds you know the city has very very different from utah and ann arbor so uh i feel like i'm finally adjusted
1: that's great (laughs) i bet it's a crazy transition i've never been to utah but i feel like from what i've heard (laughs) it's It's about as different
0: from new york as you can get yeah that is for sure
1: (laughs) so did you wind up having day jobs at all
0: yeah i let's see I worked in restaurants for the first summer. I kind of did restaurants and babysitting, kind of trading off for like a combination for most of my time that I was auditioning and doing regional work and um, in between jobs. Uh, and I learned a lot and definitely, you know, got a little bit thicker of a skin. I feel like some of my Utah niceness adjusted appropriately to those settings. Yeah, I think it was a, a few years ago that I decided to sort of take the plunge and do the actor thing of like filing for unemployment at the end of a job, you know, having less money, but more time to focus on, on kind of pursuing things. But that was pretty late in my time in the city in terms of kind of taking that plunge to, to find side jobs that were performing related instead of side jobs that were restaurant babysitting related.
1: So what kind of side performer jobs have you had?
0: Um I work for this amazing uh, like youth theater company that's kind of outside of the Beacon area called Star2B Performing Arts. And I actually one of my first jobs, well I think it was my first job uh, after graduating was the National Tour of ELF, like the non-equity tour. Oh, that's awesome. And I played Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I played um the Beth level role at at 22, you know, playing moms right out of the gate. And uh, the little boy who played my son on the tour, uh, you know, because it was non-union, his, one of his parents was kind of on the road with him the whole time. And we got really close. And at the end of the, the run, they were like, you know, do you know any music directors? We're kind of, we have this theater company that we're just getting started and we're going to do this production of guys and dolls. And, you know, we don't have a music director. And I was like, well, I can't be the music director because I don't play piano, but like I would come direct. Like that sounds fun. And it sort of started this chain of like me going up and directing and teaching when I could and bringing other performers up. Um, And that actor, Tyler Altamari is his name. uh, He did the Elf Tour a few other years. And so then other people who'd been the Elf Tour came up. And so it's really been an amazing, uh, both creative and learning experience. And it's great because, the kids get to work with professionals from the city, but the whole kind of focus of the school is still about innovation and creativity and vulnerability. And it's not kind of one of, it's not at all like a cutthroat, you know, get to Broadway sort of environment. Um, so I've really loved it. And I've been fortunate to, to be able to fill lots of my time with that. I'm actually directing a production of Pippin for them right now, which has been exciting because we're, I've been mostly directing over Zoom, and you know, all the blocking has to be COVID safe, and everyone's masked. And now that it's warmer, we can rehearse outside, and yeah, it's a wild ride.
1: So exciting! So, since you do both stage and screen, I'd love to hear what you think the biggest differences are between the two and how you made the shift from the stage to film.
0: Yeah, I um, I mean, I went to school for musical theater and always loved. Uh, singing, Um, but I also really focused on acting. Like I think in my education at at University of Michigan, I took a lot of additional acting classes and I tried to get involved with as many um, on-camera kind of projects and student things as possible just to sharpen that tool as well. Um, And I feel really strongly about being someone who can kind of do it all. You know, I, I think it's been interesting in my time in the city how people think of me. Um, and I think because I also play guitar and write songs, a lot of people think that I'm just a singer songwriter who like happened to start doing musical theater. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you know, singer songwriter was like the hobby that has now become another branch of my career. And, and I feel the same way about film and TV. Um, and I feel really grateful and excited that, you know, years of kind of going in for one line here, one line there, you know, these little things, um, has started to evolve into you know, getting to be seen for characters with names and arcs. Um, and the last uh, episode I did of SVU was definitely the first time I've, well, it was my first guest star, my first time really having a substantial amount of material um, on camera. And before that, I'd been a little on the fence about on-camera work. I was like, you know, I just don't know if it's for me. It's kind of a lot of hurry up and wait and you do the same thing over and over again. And um, I would had one other experience on a, like a non-union sort of discovery ID crime show where I had more to do, but I think, you know, the script was, I think, fine, but it wasn't maybe quite as, I don't know. It wasn't as fulfilling an experience as an actor as I feel like my last project was. And I really fell in love with it. I feel like I I gained a whole new respect for it. And um, I feel really fortunate that the character I played, uh, a lot of the research that I'd done for Jagged Little Pill applied really well. So I felt, um, I felt really prepared to, to jump into that kind of the delicacy of that kind of story. Um, And I think that gave me then a lot of confidence on set. And I was just also so happy to be working and to be making art. And I had a great relationship with the director and um, a great time hanging out with Ice-T and learning from him. So The whole experience really uh, gave me a lot of love for it, I think, um, and made me really eager to do more. Um, Of course, with those kind of things, it's not really like you can decide that you're going to do more. It just means that maybe you take a few more acting classes so that your auditions get seen more. You know, obviously, I don't really have the power to cast myself and do more TV, (laughs) but I would love to get cast more. And do more of it. So you've been on svu
1: twice, but yeah. you were playing different people. So that's really
0: cool. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. I mean, the first time I was on the show was a few years, two and a half years ago, maybe. I don't remember. It was a while ago. And it was like a case, and they were calling in other people who might be victims. Um, and so it was like a very short, maybe three-line scene with Detective Carisi. And then also they like found video of of like me having like this saucy threesome that was potentially violent, um, and that was really interesting to film. Um, I remember the costume crew gave me like a million pairs of like nude underwear that I could layer and wear as many of as I wanted to to feel you know Aww, comfortable on set. And everyone was so respectful, and um, so it was kind of an interesting experience. I remember I had just started dating uh, my boyfriend who I'm still with. And he was like, my parents watch SU. They love it. They can't wait to watch. And I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, just let them know that, you know, we're kind of like in a naked threesome screaming, but, uh, but apparently they didn't recognize me in that scene, which is, which is great. That's really good. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. I think I, 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 I'm not sure if that really played into being called in, um, for this season, but, um, I'm certainly grateful that they remembered me or even if they didn't remember me, I'm glad they called me in this season and that they were down to have me back. And um, yeah, Uh, I was called in for another episode this season and had callbacks and got to kind of a producer session on Zoom Um, and then the episode I ended up later getting cast in um, was a much kind of quicker process. Um, I think because they still had my videos from the other audition. Um, So I was just so grateful. I I know it all feels like kind of magic when the things, you know, when the cards fall in the right way, it feels like, oh my God, what did I do? I don't, okay, great. Like, I don't want to jinx anything, you know?
1: (laughs) I was going to ask if you do know the casting people and how you usually, if you do, make connections with casting
0: people. Yeah, um, I think I'm still... I feel like I'm still sort of learning the casting folks in the film TV world. And, you know, I think it took me so long just to learn the different casting offices in the theater and musical theater realms that I feel like I'm still kind of getting my footing uh, with the the film TV world. And I I have a coach who I work with when I have to do on camera, now that everything is taped. um, I have a, a great coach and reader who, who kind of helps me and, and he's been great because he he often has a lot of insight on casting offices. Um, Oli Haskaby, he's also an amazing actor if anyone ever needs a great on-camera coach, I highly recommend. And so that's been really helpful. And I also um, had the opportunity before the pandemic to be a reader for Warner Brothers for a while. Um, and that was really awesome. Uh, it was mostly, it was for TV projects primarily. Um, Oh my gosh. And this is why I'm the worst at casting things. Finley there. I can't remember her last name, but um, it was great to get to kind of learn from her and be a fly on the wall. And that was another just awesome opportunity. I've been a reader a lot in theater and I really love it. I highly, again, recommend, you know, if you feel like you have a great connection with a casting director, um, it never hurts to shoot an email and say, you know, I'd be really interested to be on your list of readers if you ever need someone because the, the things that you learn watching other people come in an audition is I think the best learning tool possible. And it's also a great setting because you really are a fly on the wall. Like it's, it's not at all about you, you know, and we're used to being in audition rooms where we feel like it's all about us and the anxiety and the nerves and, you know, all of it feels, so, it feels so intense and it feels so personal. And, and to be in an audition setting where you're just like a voice, you know, basically. And, uh, it's great. I, I I really loved that. And I feel grateful that I got to do some of that in the TV realm as well. It was an amazing learning experience. And I think the, the biggest thing I took away from that is that um, in TV auditions, you know, I, I think especially when you're trained as a stage actor, primarily, you have this uh, misconception that for TV, you have to be really, really small. Um, and it is different in terms of how you project or how, you know, understanding how the camera is going to pick up certain things, but you can still make really big choices. You know, I, I watched some really amazing people come in. I think I was a reader for Nick Cordero actually at some point. Um, That's really cool. And he was <laughs> extraordinary. And, and, um, but it was amazing to watch people make really big choices in on-camera settings and how well it still reads as long as it's committed and truthful you know I think that was uh, a great lesson to learn
1: so how did you get in contact with them to be their
0: reader because that seems like a really cool job uh yeah I I was called in for um I think it was Batwoman actually wow. I had my vision for the villain of Batwoman and again that was one of the first tv auditions I had that was a few years ago uh, or a couple years ago, what is time? I don't know what time is. <laughs> I, I had gotten to a point where I was called in fairly often for like one-liner, two-liner sort of things. Um, but that was one of the, the first or like a handful of like real kind of like packets I'd gotten. And I was so just honored to get to go in the room and audition. Um, and Finley asked me on the way out if I'd ever been a reader and if I was interested in being a reader. Um, and I said, absolutely yes please 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 so um who knows uh maybe she was like this girl's got potential but wow she doesn't <laughs> know how to do on-camera auditions she should come watch some. you know <laughs> who knows but i'm unbelievably grateful yeah that's and they're amazing. all they're all lovely over there so
1: since you know most of the theater casting directors i'd love to hear about how you got to know them
0: i feel really lucky that university of michigan provided us with a showcase um where a lot of those folks came. And I think leading up to showcase and during showcase and shortly after, I think there was a decent amount of conversations about, you know, who was there, who was there from what office and all of that. And um, Rachel Hoffman from Telsey is a U of M grad. And so she'd been to visit and talk to us a little bit. So I felt probably the most familiar with like, kind of uh, her and and Telsey. And, um, you know, I think, my honest answer to this question is that I have not been as proactive about learning cast as I should have been. I think it took me a much longer to get acclimated. And I think I, um, I think the Utah in me <laughs> never wants to like be a bother, you know, and never wants to take up too much space or be buggy. You know, I feel very, um, you know the thought of being someone who's kind of like reaching out to people a lot, or being like, "Hey, keeping in touch," like touching base, like sending postcards, like all of that makes me feel really anxious because I'm—I don't know—I—I—I've never been good at at that sort of thing. Um, and so, in in that way, I feel like sort of actually building meaningful relationships with people in casting is something that I haven't done until more recently. And and even then, I feel like I've built more meaningful relationships just by Building my own confidence in how I behave in rooms, you know, I think realizing that uh, being a human being that is a really prepared and be someone that's easy to work with and just, you know, not coming in as a ball of stress, but coming in as like a human being there to like, you know, interview for a job, but like also talk and, you know, be um, a, not a calming presence, but a a comfortable presence in the room, you know, and still doing great work. But in, in, in the moments when you're not doing the work, you know, being more of a just settled human (laughs) who's pleasant to be around, I feel like is, is hard to master. And I I think those things pay off. And um, yeah, I think I just learned over time and, you know, I probably still should know more and keep a, a list somewhere. But yeah, when I moved to the city, I, I think, Type-wise, I didn't really fit anywhere very specifically. Um, I had really short hair and I was non-union and a little heavier. And I think, unfortunately, in this business, if you're not like one way or the other physically, they really just don't know what to do with you and it's really troublesome. Um, But at the time, I think that was a little bit what I went through where um, I think my first impression with a lot of casting offices didn't leave much of a mark because I think I was a little bit like, Oh, we don't know what, you know, I didn't uh, feel like a lot of things really stuck for like major projects. Um, And so in recent years, you know, I grew my hair out. I got my equity card, took up yoga. (laughs) And uh, I felt like with a lot of casting offices, it was like I was re-meeting them and that I was like making a a first impression all over again. Um, And it's interesting. I still feel, Anxious about that a lot of the time, worrying about whether or not people have the right impression of me, or if there's something else I should have done or should be doing to to um, make sure casting offices know what I'm capable of and who I am. And yeah, it's 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 still kind of a weird uphill battle in a lot of ways.
1: It's tough with all that stuff to be like, am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? Right. Should I be doing something more? Like, and and the truth is. You're doing just enough you probably are doing right. just enough and you're totally. not a robot with that stuff so you can only do so no. much before you're burnt out i am in the same boat as you though i'm like casting director workshop every week or
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's tough it's tough it's wild and i think i think the main thing is i feel confident that you know in my audition history i've mostly done work that I'm really proud of and I think the main thing that I uh, am eager to do moving forward when everything comes back is you know I want to make sure that I am 110% prepared for every audition I go into you know I think that's another thing about when you're working side jobs and babysitting and waitressing it's like sometimes you go into auditions and you're you don't know the material inside it out and out as well as you could because you've been busy and I feel like then you don't have as confident a performance and so then you know, and, and having been a reader, I totally know that there are also amazingly talented people who work a lot who sometimes come in and have an off day or probably haven't had the time to internalize the material. And and it's not like everyone in the room is like, oh my God, how, how could they? We'll never cast them again. Like everyone has a, an off day, you know, but I think certainly in terms of building relationships and all of that, so much of it is just trusting the work and being like, a kind, not irritating person when you're in the room.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'd love to hear about what your first big audition in New York was like, if you remember
0: it. I think I auditioned for something within the first year of being in the city that was going to be like a new show that was going to be happening at La Jolla, I want to say. And it was like a kind of singer-songwriter girl um, who didn't get very far or like wasn't being considered as an artist because she wasn't very pretty and um, but the material was really awesome and it was for Telsey and I, I had like a couple callbacks or at least one callback you know it felt like my first big kind of thing um, and it also really might not be my first thing and I just I'm drawing a blank on <laughs> no something else that happened before that but um yeah that was a great experience and i'd been uh taking acting classes in the city and you know was really excited to be kind of to feel fresh in the room creatively in that sense um and i did not get the job but uh it felt great to be in the room for something like that you know i i, I don't think that show ended up really you know circling back to the city or anything but um i absolutely love New Work and it felt really exciting to be even in the pool of of people you know in the room for that
1: yeah that stuff is so cool when it's like you get an audition for something big that you would actually want to see it's like ah yeah I've been there
0: (laughs) yeah I think I've had more auditions for big things that I either was pretty sure weren't going to go my way and then just had fun or like you know auditions for biggish things that it just didn't quite happen like I got called in for uh Frozen for first it was for Anna and then I was in the room and they were like oh you seem like more of an Elsa can you sing Let It Go and I was like I don't know it <laughs> like I was like the only human in the world who was like I know the hook I don't know any other part of the song other than like let it go let it go <laughs> um so that was funny I'd
1: love to hear about what it was like when you got the call or the email that you got
0: jagged little pill yeah um it was so exciting and and that was another show that you know I'd been I knew that it was happening and I'd been trying to kind of like get in the room for a while and um, that's the other hard thing about about you know the business is it's great when you have an agent but you know that doesn't always guarantee that you'll be able to get an appointment for certain things and so I'd been asking my agent like you know can they see me can they see me and he was like no you know they can't get you in they they're not sure you're right for it whatever and i was like no i am i know i am i know i am um and uh i think my voice teacher actually ended up sort of pulling a little bit of a minor assist um in like sort of recommending me to the music team and that's how i got in the room and i was so grateful and um yeah the whole the whole process was was really exciting and um I felt really in it and I felt really connected to the work. And um, yeah, when I got the call, you know, that that was kind of, I think at the time that, that was for the out of town tryout and everything. And I sort of knew then, I think everyone knew then that it was headed to Broadway eventually. And so it, that felt like kind of the big, the big, big exciting moment. And I was just, I was over the moon. It was, I was so excited. It really felt like, you know, um, you know, I I always love the work that I get to do and I've done a lot of amazing projects. Um, but that was definitely the first time I got a call for something that was like a big, big, you know, kind of foot in the door moment. And I felt so grateful, so kind of relieved, you know, that, that, that I kind of had leveled up in that way, you know? Um, yeah, it was great. I think I got off the phone and immediately called my mom and cried and, you know, The whole thing, the whole nine
1: yards. (laughs) I love that you mentioned how hard it is to get into the room in the first place, because I think that is my and a lot of other actors' main issue. So I'd love to hear about what you do. Well, you already mentioned a little bit about pushing other doors when the agent thing isn't working, but what you did before you had an agent and maybe what you do when you don't really know who to turn to about getting in the door if that makes sense
0: (laughs) yeah yeah um I was really fortunate and and ended up getting an agent from my showcase after college which really was definitely a huge help and um I recently I was with that agent for a really long time and only recently sort of switched um a few years ago and I think that was a good move and like a useful tool especially since I feel like I've had a bit of a like rebirth in the industry, in terms of trying to kind of remake my image or, or um, you know, uh, reintroduce myself to certain sort of rooms and settings um, in a slightly different context or uh, with a different look or whatever, what have you. Um, and it's re- it's so hard. It's so frustrating. It, it's so hard when you know you want to do TV or commercials or something and you're just kind of going through the endless submission process or you know getting told no like I think that you just have to kind of keep pushing walking that line I think between speaking up for yourself and and being confident in your work and your validity and you know self-submitting for things when you feel like something's right for you you know reaching out to people you know when you're able to Um, but balancing that with like also sort of the social awareness element of like never wanting to to, I mean, I think we all have that fear as actors of like, we don't wanna be perceived as desperate, you know, and it's like the worst thing and you don't want, again, I think that's why it's such a fine line. And, and again, I'm so afraid of confrontation and afraid of like annoying people that probably I lean too far the other way. Like I I often think about like where I would be in my career if I'd been a little bit more like, you know, eager to to stay in touch with people or connect or, you know. Uh, so I, I think all of it is, is great you know there's no one path that that people who are have thriving careers have followed to get where they are and i do think you know social media is a tool that is annoying but um realistic and i think um, a good friend of mine started a company to help actors like with their branding and everything Um, it's called the network if anyone's in the market And it's great. And I we actually just had had dinner last night and I was like, man, it just feels so complicated and tricky to be on social media all the time. And I have such a hard time separating, you know, knowing that I should create content with like it feeling performative or like whatever. And she was like, you just have to share your heart. You have to be true, you know, it's not gonna go away. You can't hating it isn't gonna make social media less of a player in the world we're in, you know and you just have to share your heart you know and and it being less about like trying to do the things that actors are doing because that's what you should be doing and that's what everyone else is doing you know but trusting that in terms of your brand and what people are gonna see online when they google your name like as long as it's true to you then you're doing it right you know
1: yeah that's great advice i think social media tends to be such an overwhelming factor in it and um it's such a quick way to stay in touch with casting people too (laughs) so it it Mm. sucks because it's like like i have alerts on some casting directors so it's like i can if they post something i'm like oh your dog is adorable i know they already have an adorable dog but just letting them know i still think that (laughs) like
0: smart Smart. I'm going to put that in my own little yeah, book of go, tricks. Yeah, go for it. It's a good you idea. Can take
1: that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. I like what your friend said a lot. It's great.
0: Yeah, I, I needed to hear that, I think. Yeah. Especially in this pandemic, it feels like it, it's felt so – I've felt my own sort of demons of comparison and jealousy or whatever really flare up around the people who've been able to really harness their social media prowess in this time you know and have been making content and doing things that look beautiful and you know it's you kind of start to circle into the the pits no absolutely
1: I think during quarantine it was kind of like for I noticed for people that aren't actors it was a time of like rest and like well obviously it was terrifying so not complete rest mm-hmm. but like a time where it's like I'm gonna watch everything on my Netflix uh, watch list but mm-hmm. I feel like for actors it tends to be like what can I be doing right now to take advantage right. of this time that is kind of like borrowed time but also not wow. like <laughs> that stuff's so totally. confusing yeah totally yeah I think everyone felt a little bit of the what should I be doing that I'm not doing and a little bit of the jealousy bug in there but
0: yeah yeah I know I I I still feel I mean I've been here for a while and I'm not getting any younger you know but I do think I'm getting wiser and uh but the man jealousy and comparison is just so it's so hard in the business you know because there are a million I know from being a reader in rooms that there's a million things that go into why things happen the way they do that are beyond an actor's control but when you're on the other side it's so hard not to get lost in like why why did they get the audition and i couldn't even get in the room and like why you know why did they get it over me and like why this why that you know and especially then when you add in the social media factor of like oh well this person has you know a million followers so like what's the point you know what i mean it's it's hard it's it's a tricky balance thank god for therapy
1: I totally agree. I'd love to hear about what you wish schools taught about the business of acting.
0: I mean, it's so hard. I feel like there were things that probably I was taught at school that I just didn't retain because, you know, certain things, I feel like you hear them and you're like, oh yeah, totally. And then you're like actually in the world and encountering those things. And you're like, why didn't anyone ever tell me this? And probably they did. You just didn't like absorb it in the way, you know, I think, I think the main thing about school is just like, I think teachers should always say things to kids like a hundred different ways in a hundred different contexts so that maybe you know the good lessons will get absorbed and <laughs> I loved the program I went to because in a lot of ways it felt like it was I felt very supported by the faculty and I was never told like you know you need to lose five pounds or you need to join the union or you need to do more summer stock or you know if you don't do this, you'll never work like I was never told any like scary, shaming sort of thing um. And again, that was just my personal experience. I know everyone has, you know, it's so complicated and there's so many factors and everything. And I feel so terrible for people that have more kind of traumatic experiences in in programs. It's so silly. We go to school to learn about theater or musical theater or acting and then like have teachers that like traumatize you. Like It's it's really, or like, I don't think that they traumatize you, but I, I do think in my own work working with young actors I always try to say like if we're going to do stuff where you're pulling up things from your past or like tapping into something personal like never take anything out of the box that you can't safely put away after um and I feel like that's an interesting road that acting teachers navigate in school and some better than others but um anyway uh in terms of the business so I feel like everyone was always very supportive of my work when I was in school and I'm grateful for that, but I feel like it gave me a little bit of a false sense of confidence moving to the city, Um, you know, and again, that was also probably just my own doing and my own uh, mindset, Um, but I think, and it's a case-by-case basis, right, like, I probably would have liked someone to say to me, like, just so you know, your type right now reads as this, you know, Um, but that probably wouldn't be something that would work for everybody. I think. I think with any program and any training facility, right? Like ask and you shall hopefully receive. Like I think I was able to build my own curriculum to be what I felt like I needed, Um, and I feel like if I had questions about things, there were people that I could ask and get straight answers from. And I think wherever you're, you know, going to be educated, I think just ask. You know, Um, if if you want a certain experience that you're not being offered you know, see how you can make it happen, see how you can find someone who's already in the business who can give you, um, a different kind of set of information or, you know, reach out and say, is there, uh, someone who's graduated that I can talk to? I want to talk to someone about this specific thing or this specific thing. And, you know, usually I think faculty members will do what they can to put you in touch with someone. Um, I think it, it's just never be afraid to ask, you know, and absorb. And I think that's the other thing is like, especially with certain programs that are are. Um, considered to be you know the greats or whatever i think it's important that folks who get into programs like that uh stay humble and and don't kind of allow the the rush and excitement of like being accepted into a program as equaling you know perfect flawless doesn't need any help you know um i'm so grateful that at least the way that i am sort of made as a person is very uh eager to improve always as a person, as as an artist. And um, again, like that comes then sometimes at the detriment of being too hard on myself, right? Like that's kind of my own struggle is wanting to learn and absorb and evolve and grow and always be better, Um, but not then also feeling like I'm not good enough as I am. I I probably could have, and again, this could be something that I was told and didn't retain, but like a better understanding of how to kind of, like you said, build these connections with casting people and like the boundaries with that. You know, I'm someone that I don't really like to, I like to know the rules of something, you know? And so in terms of keeping in touch with casting directors, pursuing relationships with them, like I probably would have benefited from a bit more guidance of like how to navigate that. And like, what are the things that are acceptable? What are the things that are actually too much, you know? And like, And of course, it probably changes from person to person and casting director to casting director, but um, probably a little bit more information about that would have been useful.
1: Yeah, well, that's super helpful. So this is the last question. What would you have told yourself when you were starting
0: out? I think my advice to myself, like entering the city and entering all of it, you know, I think I, I went, I experienced a pretty severe dip a few years in of like really kind of doubting my value as an artist and like, kind of having those, is it going to happen for me thoughts? And, and I I wish that I would have just hung on to my, my confidence a bit more, you know? Um, Again, there's a difference between being confident and egotistical. And I think confidence is something that you can have and still be really absorbent in terms of learning lessons and growing and, and taking things from, from what you're doing, you know, having goals about what you want to achieve next in your work. Um, Yeah, I think, I think I lost some of my confidence and and let my own insecurity lead to more sort of comparison jealousy sort of mindsets that that definitely set me back you know I think I think I lost some time in there because I was uh a little down on myself and um and also I think part of that was another piece of advice I'd say is like surround yourself with people who uh believe in you more than you would believe in yourself and want more for you uh, than you might even know you want. You know, I, I think I was in a relationship for a while that uh, was very strained by my career choice. And that was really hard to navigate. And um, once that ended, everything kind of took off because I, I, you know, nothing was holding me back. I think that's important to, to balance, you know, keep your, keep your dreams and your goals at the top, of your priority list the same as when you're in a relationship as as when you're not and make sure that the relationships that you're forming are supporting those goals
1: i think it's really amazing for you to talk about all the insecurities that you've had while on this journey um, and seeing that you've achieved your dream and you are just like i don't know it's kind of like like you're not i wouldn't say like celebs are just like us but like <laughs> but i mean like how you are in a place where so many people who i'm sure are listening or aren't listening want to be and you share the same insecurities as those who have not been there
0: yet if that makes sense oh, yeah of course well i also think you know as Probably with most careers and certainly in the arts, like, you know, you have certain goals, you have kind of like a ladder, right? Like I want to, I want to join the union. I want to get a job that helps me join the union, or I want to have an agent, or I want to get this kind of, you know, I want to play a lead in something, or I want to be a guest star in something, or I want to be off Broadway, or I want to be on Broadway, right? These little kind of levels. And every time you level up, there's a certain amount of like celebration and hooray. Um, And I think it's also important to hang on to the hooray. That's what I've been working with my therapist on. She's like, what would happen if you spent more time celebrating the good things and less time worrying about the next thing? (laughs) And I was like, that is a good thought. (laughs) But it is because you you get something, you know, you kind of level up and then you're immediately like, okay, now I need to get to the next level and I need to do the next thing. And like, how do I, you know, get this... uh, next opportunity or, and that's the hard thing about being an actor is that no, hardly any job is is very secure. And so you you do always have to be thinking about what the next job is going to be. So yeah, it's interesting, you know, I, I do, I have to remind myself that like my accomplishments in the last year and a half or so, you know, of like making my Broadway debut and then now, you know, getting my first guest star role and like joining SAG and, um it's huge. That's so exciting. Like what a huge chunk of time and like two really amazing big events to happen, you know? And in the mix of that, I also got commissioned to write my first like show. So I'm like writing this one woman, like folk thing. And that's, you know, my first big writing commission. Um, You know, so many exciting things, but it is hard because I also can't help myself from uh, spending most of my time thinking about the next thing that I want in my career and in my life and um financially you know new goals of 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 kind of the life i want so it's a balance i'm not sure i've found the perfect balance but
1: (laughs) yeah but i think to some degree having thoughts like that is good but when it's obsessive then it can be obsessive and trust me i'm right there with
0: you yeah yeah therapy Therapy is important. Therapy is is so important.
1: And trust the process.
0: (laughs) And the trust in the process, celebrating the good things, you know, it can be a very stressful thing. You know, sometimes you get like, there was a stretch after my SVU episode uh, where I had a good amount of like self-tapes and auditions and I was so grateful. So, so grateful. But also most of them, I had like 36 hours notice. And it was always when I had like a crazy week of several other things, you know, and I'd be so stressed and I was like, oh my gosh, Like, I don't know how I'm gonna memorize. and like, I don't have the right thing to wear. And like, oh, my my coach can only meet at this time and all these things. And, you know, I had to breathe and remind myself that it was so awesome that I was getting to audition, you know, like, and I got to act that day. I got to tell a story. I got to challenge myself in a new way, you know? Um, the things that the way we think about everything we do, you know, has, I think, such a big impact on our happiness and our confidence and our uh, ultimately success in kind of the more full package way, you know, success meaning not just your resume, but also your happiness, your personal fulfillment, you know, your creative stimulation, you know, your bank account, right? It's a full, full shebang. And certainly, I think. Trying to hang on to a positive mindset uh, whenever you can is a helpful tool. Certainly, one I'm still navigating.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, you and me both. Oh yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jane. This was so great. I learned so much. Of course. And I'm sure other people did too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Feel free to follow the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Dear Actor Podcast. And feel free to email us with any questions, guests you'd like to have on the show or anything else at dearactorpodcast at gmail.com. I'll see you next week with our next guest. But until then, have a great week.